Welcome back to the Road to the Olympics podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Scullion, or if you're new to this channel, I'm an Irish marathon runner. I run 209 for the marathon and recently competed at the Tokyo Olympics, albeit not very well. But I guess that was the whole purpose to start this podcast. I go through the good parts, the ugly parts, and everything in between. How I've struggled with mental health, how running's really helped me get back to you know, the highs of life, the happy parts of life, and I hope you can gain something insightful out of today's episode. Hey guys, so... Hope everybody's well. I had to delay the podcast while I um finished chocolate because the the chocolate like lingers in your mouth. <laughs> so yeah, I have like a big chocolatey mouth, which is absolutely delicious. And it just made me think um that dinner was kind of a I don't know, should we say like a light dinner? You know, I'm into the final maybe 10 days, a bit, bit longer than that, actually 13 days, no, 12 days to Commonwealth Games Marathon. And so naturally training has reduced. And so I suppose I had the cheek to have what I would call a light dinner and then nail a lot of chocolate. And so it was probably quite counterproductive, but such is life. So yeah, I'm I'm still in St. Moritz. I'm going <laughs> to... It's real. This is going to be really not funny, but if you've listened to the podcast for a long enough time now, you'll realize that I often lose my, I guess the phrase would be train of thought, whereby I probably start talking about one thing and before you know it, I'm off on a tangent in a completely opposite direction. And yeah. And maybe it's what's made the podcast so great. And now it's going to come as like, not necessarily like a surprise or no surprise or, but yeah, so this week, this is going to be the first time I've said this out loud, I think also. Um, But yeah, this, this past week I was diagnosed with ADHD, Um, attention deficit hyperactive disorder. And what's very interesting, I was how it was explained to me was it's like somebody handing you a piece of art and you're looking at it and thinking, don't really know what I'm supposed to see here. And then the artist says, for example, there is a butterfly in the painting. And then you see it and then you can't not see it. And then it becomes really like fucking obvious. And you're like, oh my God, how did I not see this before? So I guess what happened was when I worked with the therapist, Michael in America, he mentioned it and we came, if we rewind the clock to 2020, I had just, and you guys will remember this on the podcast, 
it <laughs> the podcast could almost have acted in itself as a diagnosis but i left font remote i was supposed to stay if anyone has listened this long i was supposed to stay in font all the way to london marathon and i told my mother on the friday that's what i was planning to do and then i extended my apartment and paid for a new rental car and then the next day i decided i should leave font and by all accounts it felt like i had no control over that decision i don't know why that is i uh, well until 4 days ago or something i never quite understood why it felt this like need like i didn't have a choice and if i everybody has a choice let me tell you however the way my i guess adhd works is the the feeling of i need to do this just gradually builds and and there's been a lot of times in life where i've been able to there's actually been a lot of times in life when i've been making plans and i've done a podcast and then think well thank fuck i didn't upload it because i changed my mind the next day and didn't bother with the new plan and so that podcast became redundant but basically what happens is sometimes i can control the urge for about a day and then i often wake up the next day and it comes back and then i wake up the next day and it comes back and what i've often done is probably confused adhd with oh my god this might be like a gut feeling you know why is my gut my gut's telling me i need to do this my gut's telling me i need to change plan my gut's telling me i need to leave altitude my gut's telling me i need to go to altitude um and so in the past i just would confuse um adhd impulsive decision making with um gut now the interesting thing is i could say adhd is not an excuse but it absolutely is but it doesn't work in the way that it doesn't click the button for you essentially your your if you have adhd from my understanding from over the last sort of like week or two of exploring um your brain is and i'm going to use the term handicapped but only because it is easier for people to make sense um hindered handicapped held back i i'm not sure you you get the point but essentially it's handicapped in the department of dopamine which means doesn't release or transmit or i i don't know the science it's not producing a lot of dopamine and so what people with adhd often do is you know story of my life and what we've talked about on the podcast it it seeks chaos and drama it it seeks um a thrill it seeks a you know sitting in font clearly wasn't doing it for me so my brain doesn't really get dopamine in the way other people's does so other people will be quite content 
a steady flow of dopamine, happy to be up a mountain, happy with their croissant, the sun. Naturally, that's all lovely things to be happy about. My brain is happy when I'm like, fuck this, I'm going to change the plan. I have one hour to pack. I need to book a flight. I need to get a COVID test on the way. Oh, then my brain releases plenty of dopamine because it's like a rush. It's like a challenge. It's like a something new. And so this is something that's held me back. That's, this is me just going back to 2020, right? So what I do post leaving font in 2020 is I call my doctor and I say, look, I think there's something wrong with me. Um, It's not the first time I've done this. It's costing me money, a lot of money. It's costing me success in life. At this point, obviously, I had no idea it was ADHD. And I didn't realize, had I gone back and looked at school reports, for how long this had actually been a problem. (laughs) This idea of not fulfilling things and potential and applying myself. Um, But that's when we went down a path of um trauma upbringing um things like that and the problem with psychology is it's not as simple as if you break your leg you get a scan and it tells you your leg's broken psychology doesn't work like that and so a lot of the symptoms impulsivity sensitivity lack of emotional control they they are true for yeah traumatic upbringing they start asking some questions about your upbringing if there was trauma in that upbringing i think it can get magnified i you know it's kind of like when you don't think there's anything wrong with you and then someone says to you hey are you okay and then you all of a sudden you start questioning yourself so i i probably I I truly believe then it was upbringing and trauma and this idea of, you know, constantly on edge. And because you're constantly on edge, you know, you're, hey, you're creating these traumatic experiences. You're creating chaos and drama, which I am doing and have been doing my entire life. But I believe that was because of trauma. I didn't realize until lately that actually it had nothing to do with trauma that it was actually ADHD and so for some people emotional behavior sensitivity impulsive decisions um not sticking to a plan erratic behavior alcoholism etc cetera, etc cetera, it can be because of trauma there's no doubt about it trauma is i'm not going to say it's taught because it's not taught that's not the right word Trauma is a gradual, your brain, you're born and your brain's in a good place through childhood or through your younger years in primary school, et cetera, et cetera. Your brain might still be in a good place. And then something traumatic happens and your brain is impacted. But I think with good therapy, you can, um, I hate to use terms like this, but you can correct that. You can, I, I might also be wrong. I'm not a psychiatrist. Maybe some trauma you can't correct the brain. But I feel like if an event has happened and that's caused damage, unless it's physical damage, i.e. if you're in a car accident and you upset a part of your brain through 
like physical trauma, then of course you can't fix that. But I feel like if it's just gremlins in your head, you can, with good therapy, overwrite them, rewrite them, that kind of an idea. If it can be taught, it can be untaught. With ADHD, you're born with a neurological issue. It's not it's not taught, it's not planted, it's not it's not because for ten years of your life you were shook. It's not because for ten years of your life you were beaten or shouted at or it's not it's not a learnt behavior problem. It's it's a you're you're born with a certain malfunction. So basically it's the word's not as not genetic, but it you're just born with a part of your brain that doesn't work the way other people's works. And so it's it's kind of subtle. It's not as obvious as you never speak. It's not as obvious as, you know, you've only got one ear. But it's pretty obvious when you go back and my mum sent me a few school report cards and as we started reading together, it it was it became so obvious. But when I first approached the topic of conversation with my mum, she was probably quite sceptical. And then the more we learned about ADHD and the more we thought about life and my behaviours, it, it became the most obvious thing in the world. <laughs> you know, I, I'd, a, I'd a bet, I was 98% sure pre-even doing the diagnosis that I had ADHD because it was just so obvious. The The behaviour was, it was just me all over. It was, there's, like for example, part of ADHD is you, you can't, you don't have the same restraint as other people do. And everyone's on a different wavelength with this, but you don't have the same emotional restraint over maybe sometimes things you say and it reminded me when if ever I've any if I've worked for any bosses or managers I understand that the boss is the boss and the manager is the manager and with that comes a certain level of I don't know authority you you don't say certain things and I could just never help myself out with it I just said it whereas most people in life are thinking it in their head but what I want to say is they're not stupid enough to say it because they know that's my boss. They pay the bills. I don't get to speak to them like that. But I just was never like that. I just said it, told it how it was, and then got sacked. <laughs> and it sucked. Um, there's been so many events. You know, I, I just did an Instagram post. and And like I said, there's... More than 10,000 occasions I look back and go, wow, that's likely why I did that. And I'm smiling right now because there's also going to be a sadness linked to this, but there's a lot of occasions in life I've behaved in certain ways that I was never proud of. And I, the first time I spoke to a psychiatrist, I told him it's like I have these two people in my head and sometimes the bad person does certain things or behaves in certain ways or says certain things or, you know, up and leaves a place. And, and then this good person that I really believe exists, and I believe I am, you know, he's the one that has to deal with it. And he's the constant. And he's the one that has to be like, for fuck's sake, Skull, like you fucked another plan up. 
or you know for fuck's sake why did you say that to this person and why did you upset them like that you know better and so there's a bit of sadness linked to it as well but there's also like uh people with ADHD can get very low confidence very low self-esteem very low confidence and I don't know that anyone on the podcast is going to think I don't have confidence, but I don't trust myself. And I, I haven't for a long time. And so if I book a training camp for six weeks and I have a really good plan and I'm really fit, I don't always trust that we'll ever see the result or that I'll I'll follow through the plan and I'll stick to it and, and you know, I and everybody around me will get to see this you know really magnificent result and special thing because I just don't trust that I'll do it I've let myself down so many times that you just you just start to justify it as you know that's Stephen that's what Stephen does Stephen fucks it up Stephen doesn't stick to the plan Stephen changes plans Stephen enters a new race you know my someone told me that they were at a race and you know that i i didn't take any offense to this but katie was at a race and she just happened to be doing a warm-up with a few irish guys and the irish guys mentioned the you know national 10k champs and scully's entered and i think he wants to run quite quick and you know somebody else just happened to say he'll probably not show up he always does that he always enters and never shows up and they're not wrong you know I don't do it on purpose when I enter by all accounts I'm really excited about it I really want to do it and then my brain just fucking decides it wants to do something else and I can't I can't get that same enthusiasm that same motivation it just go disappears I obviously can't do now the national champs because I'm doing the Commonwealth Games a week later, but I probably wouldn't have done it anyway. That person wasn't wrong. I wonder how many times in life I've done that. I've entered things and then pulled out or got people excited that I'm going to do something and then changed my mind. And People lose patience. People judge you. People. I've had people judge me my whole life. They probably think, he's a mess they probably say things like he's all over the place they probably say he's not consistent oh he doesn't care he you know he doesn't focus he's not always focused and it's kind of like in hindsight now it's like you know it it goes to show like how fucking dare we judge people when we don't know we don't know the shoes they walk in we don't know the things they deal with i didn't even fucking know when i judge myself I've judged myself for at least the last 10 years of my life. I've probably criticized myself on the podcast. I've probably said bad things about myself on the podcast, about how I handle situations. And little did I know that, like, this is a, this is a disability. This is not something that, like, should be treated lightly. It's not an excuse. It's not a... I don't think I've quite fucking grasped yet. <laughs> Honestly, I'm talking, but I, I, I don't think I, I quite understand the situation. Quite frankly, I wish I was diagnosed 20 years ago. 
I wish we knew. Maybe I could go back and Commonwealth Games 2010 that I didn't go to. Maybe I'd have went. Maybe I'd have been fucking brilliant at it. You know? Maybe Rio 2016 when I was supposed to stay in Teddington and stick to a plan. Maybe I'd have done it. Maybe I wouldn't have gone to Portugal, torn my quad and didn't even get a chance to try to make Rio. How many things in my life, if I really started digging, would I look back and be like, fuck, what could have been? Now, the beautiful thing is, is that I I really get to start again. I'm so fucking excited. You have no idea. I get to do this all over again. Like I get this almost second lease of life. And I've made it quite clear that in the past, when I used to confuse these feelings with gut feeling or, you know, somebody should say something or I always thought I was being me. I always thought that was just me being me. And, you know, I had to trust that things would work out. Well, now I probably fucking know it's not me being me at all. It's just my fucking brain going boogaloo. And what I now need to do is have ways to cope. Journaling, meditating, and take it really seriously. And if I feel these urges and these impulses to change a plan or fuck something up, or I, I don't wake up and go, hey, I should fuck something up today. But it, but I might wake up like I did that day in Font and think I need to get out of here. It's happened a few times here. And luckily I've stayed because basically I'm afraid of Nick Badeau. I'm afraid to leave and him get mad. You know, <laughs> he'll be like, what are you doing? Why'd you leave? You know, we, we made a plan to stay and he'll probably swear at me. <laughs> and so I don't, I stay. But yeah, no, look, it, it it's, um, if I get those same urges now, then it's up to me. I need to recognize, Skull, this isn't gut feeling. You don't, you don't have to trust this. This is, this is probably ADHD. And I'm probably going to have to invite more people into my life that in those moments I can call upon them and I can say, hey, hey, what do you think? This is what I'm thinking. Do you think this is gut feeling or, or hey, you know, is this, um, is this me just being me or is this real? Is this something that, um, that I need to act upon? Is this, is this, is this a legit plan? Is this stupid? And I need to maybe start trusting other people a bit more too. I think there's people close to me that aren't going to be surprised. I mean, I already know. I've told, I've told the people close to me, and you know it. It's not; they're not surprised at all. I think they probably feel bad that they decided that my behavior was just me, just Stephen. It it didn't surprise people anymore if I change plans. It people stopped trusting me. People stopped thinking I was the kind of person you could rely on, and that's okay. You know, my my ex-girlfriend broke up with me, basically, because there was no trust. Couldn't make plans because she didn't trust I'd, I'd commit to it. Couldn't rely on me to do things, not book silly things, not change plans at the, at a last minute. Yeah, I just couldn't handle, couldn't handle me. So I'm hoping that moving forward, that doesn't happen anymore. I'm hoping with this fresh start, I get to see 
life in maybe a different way. Um, and yeah, maybe there'll be a bit more consistency both in in life and in sport. Um, and that would be really cool. I think that would really help me. I'm more excited about the prospect. Of course, I'm excited for the prospect of actually sticking to plans and not only sticking to plans, but I'm really excited about actually when I when I it was probably like February or March and my housemate said to me, um, Scully, we're going to a U2 concert in Berlin. I think he told me it was last week. So July. And I, I fucking looked at him as if. July, mate, I, I don't know what I'm doing next week. How can I commit to something in July? And I really hope moving forward I can. And actually, when you look back at something like my quick turnaround from Doha to Dublin, the three weeks, if you think about who I am and how I am, three weeks is amazing for me because I can commit to three weeks. I get really fucking excited about three weeks. The organisers of Dublin Marathon could have said, Scully, we're going to move the marathon by another three weeks so that you've got six weeks. And I'd have been like, no, I'm out. I can't do that. Six weeks is too long. I'll change my mind. I'll, I'll think of something new. And that's the reality. And that's probably the reality of my ADHD. Everybody's is different and everybody has different... Um, I mean, I'm, I could go on about other things. Like I don't answer my phone. If I get a, my mom gets my post, uh, my parents address. And when bills come in, she's on to me. I don't pay bills. I get late fines. It's not that I don't have the money. I just, I can't face calling them. And then sometimes what I'll do is I'll cancel a direct debit and then they'll call me and then they can like, pay the fine or the extra bit and that makes no sense because I have their phone number and I'm then waiting on them to call me and then it doesn't matter because when they call me I won't answer so it's a corrupt system it costs me a fortune the the amount of money I paid American Airlines changing flights over the years oh my god you're talking tens of thousands the amount of money I pay for late fees on, yeah, silly things like a phone bill because mum will message me, I'll go to do it, I'll bring out my phone, I'll bring out the laptop, the laptop won't have charge, I'll go to look for the charger and by the time I've gone to look for the charger, I'm gone. I'll probably find, I could find anything that will distract me and I'm in a different world. Don't forget your phone bill, that's what I get every month from my mother don't forget your phone bill so then i have to pull out my phone and basically ask siri to remind me siri which is your iphone's thing oh reminds me everything it reminds me to write back to emails it has to remind me i have to remind myself a good two to three times about physio appointments and even still i forgot two physio appointments in st moritz two I'll, I'll remind myself at 12.30, the physio appointment will be at 1.30, I'll go sort out my wash and my dry, by the time I hang the dry, I've probably bumped into a friend and I'm away for a coffee, and then the physio place calls me, and I go, oh fuck, I knew about that 45 minutes ago, how did I forget? It happens all the time, and or or I book physio in London, 
And then by the time the appointment rolls around, I've already changed plan. I'm gone. I, I'm not there. I'm, I'm in a different country. So look, it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm really optimistic that it's going to help my life moving forward. If any of that rings any bell, you can definitely get help. You can have a, an assessment done. You can be assessed. You can figure it out. I watched enough YouTube videos that it became pretty clear and to me it made it worth um it's not a it's quite expensive to get assessed privately and but I but I'd watched enough videos that I wasn't like it was no I, I wasn't going into this assessment unsure. I already knew. I think the people around me already knew. I think the therapist already knew because I'd worked with them before. So yeah, I think I think this is a good thing, a really good thing. Like I said, in a way, there's sadness because I feel sorry for myself for not knowing for a long time. I think my life could have been better in a lot of ways. It's not just that it could have been better as in like results and like exam results, running results. It literally fucks with your happiness. You're you're not as happy as you're you're supposed to be. Life's supposed to have happiness, excitement. And and the ADHD brain stops it from fucking being released. It's a it's a it's a bit of a fucker. It's fucking robbing you of yeah, just happiness, excitement, smiling, like being excited to see people, being excited to socialize. I don't get that. I never understood it. I never understood why I like to just lock myself into my room by myself, but that's often what I did. Uh, it's not often what I did. It's it's always what I did. So yeah, I I, I hope things change. Um, there is medication. There is treatment options. So look, it's these are all things I'll talk to a psychiatrist about. But of course, we've got a Commonwealth Games to focus on. And I know today I didn't talk about that, but I have fucking prepared well, real well. So I'm I'm pumped about that. I've done really well to stay in St. Moritz and I've trained really well. I've executed everything to a T. So that's exciting. But there's a lot of excitement to come. So look, sorry that dragged on a bit. I thought it was important to share. Um, You're probably now going to think back to every episode where I've talked about things linked to ADHD and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) But yeah, no, look, thanks for listening and um, I hope you guys are all doing okay.